God is so good. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Just looking around to see if we if, if the number of faces matches the number of cars we're coming down. I was like, man, this place is you got a lot of people down there today. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm so so thankful that y'all came. Glory to God. I'm 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 really excited about this message. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to tell you about how it came because it's you, you know it always comes in some interesting way and comes at some time in the middle of the night or whatever, you know, and so there's different things, you know, I had another message prepared, but the, this is what the Lord has for us. And I really sensed that today's message was a plea from God, amen? That's how it came to me in my spirit. It was like, it was a, a plea, it was plea, uh, it was, uh, in a sense, it's plea, uh, pleading, pleading to you, amen? Uh, you know, God is so amazingly wonderful yeah. that, <clears throat> You know, there's, there's so much correction in the Bible. There's so much direction in the Bible. There's so many things that the Bible tells us, <clears throat> you know, that we can do right and do better. And, you know, there's so many times where we see people in the Bible be told things and they're, they're given direction and they're given, you know, this help. And, and God's saying, like, listen, this is the reason you're in trouble. And if you'll just do this, you'll stay out of trouble. And, and then you see his people so, so many times just completely ignore it just completely do the opposite. They just completely go the way they want to go and do the things that they want to do. And then you see God get ticked. And of course, that's, that's you know, that, <clears throat> it's never good to tick off the one who created you. Amen. Praise the Lord. I learned that from my mom. She keeps me in line. You know, you want to, you want to tick her off, believe me. But, you, you know, don't tick off the one, the, the one that created everything. Hallelujah. You don't want to tick off God. Of course, I'm joking about my mom. I mean, you don't want to tick her off. You, she might be small, but she's fiery. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. The same thing with my wife. You don't want to take. I, I, I think. I think the kids have been much more afraid of her than they were of me over the years. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes I'm more afraid of her too. Amen. And that's what keeps me in line. And that there's good, good, healthy, reverential fear there. Amen. But <laughs> praise the Lord. You know, I still got to be a man, and I still got to be a guy, and say my piece, and get things. You know, just to. The way that they, they and say what I need to say, but you know, there's always that place where you gotta, you know, you just gotta. Sometimes it's good to just shut up and <laughs> shut up and get in line, amen. But you don't want, you don't want to tick off God, anyways. I was talking about that. We don't want to tick off God, and they didn't they didn't want to tick off God, but they did, and we don't want to tick off God, but we do, and and we see these people get astray and they find themselves in a heap of trouble, and it just it always seems like they get to a place where it's like, you know, what what on earth are they gonna do to get out of it? And if if you read the Bible right, you'll see that, and a lot of these stories and these accounts amen but how many know that those stories and those accounts were given to us so we could look at them and say hey probably the thing that they're doing is the thing that I'm going to be tempted to do and probably if you really look at it is a thing you are doing amen <clears throat> and so you know, God uh, bears with us in those times, and then, of course, those times where he lets us, you know, have the trials and the things that we've created and, and let us eat from that for a little while until we decide that it's just not so good. <clears throat> but, you know, God is so gracious and merciful that he's not given up on us yet. If he has, we'd all know it because we'd all be in hell. Right. It's just the truth. If God had given up on us, we'd all be in hell. It'd all be over because he just let the devil do what the devil wants to do, and that's destroy us all because he hates every one of us. Amen. God doesn't hate us, but the devil does, and he's trying to destroy us. But God's trying to give us life. Amen. But we resist that. We fight that. We do those things. But, you know, uh, th then there's those times where, uh, I, you know, there's, of course, there's the times of judgment, and judgment is, is righteous and it's good, especially when it's righteous and good. When it comes from God, it's always righteous and good. Amen. It doesn't always mean enjoyable, but um, <clears throat> but also there's times, great times of mercy, and I and I really sense that right now that that there's a time of mercy to be had. That, that you know, there's been a lot that is that that we've been wrapped up in, that we've been caught up in. That the church, you know, as I look at the church, I'm just telling you, as I look at the church from somebody who knows just a little bit, not too much, but just a little bit. As I look at the church in general, not this church, but just church in general, uh, the body of Christ, it's a, in a pretty sad state. Christianity is in a in kind of a rough spot, amen? And, and, and the thing is, is, you know, I hear people talking about revival and outpourings of God and all that stuff, and I want to see all those things too. That's amazing stuff. I think that would be wonderful too. But man, before we're going to see that stuff, we just got to get some things right here, amen? Because if we don't get some basic things right, I mean, there, there's so much that's lost in the church today. Hunger for God is out the window. People, by and large, people, Christians, God's people, don't even know that we should be desiring God's will in our lives. Yeah. 
they're just living their own wills. They're just living their own lives, and they're calling it God's will, and it's not God's will, but that's the way a lot of people are living, and there's a lot of ministries that are built up around that or caught up in that. I've been caught up in that at different times, and so I completely understand that, and I'm not trying to say that I've got it better or figured out more, and if there's anything I've learned is that the more that I go, uh, the hum more humble I need to be, and the reason I need to be more humble is because humility brings mercy, and I need mercy by God, hallelujah, and I think you do too. But let's not get puffed up and think that we're, we're so great, but let's, let's receive correction from that place. Now today's message, I don't believe is from a place of just correction, but really is about more God's love pouring out, that he's pleading with us to come back to him, amen? To, to, to really get, grow, let that hunger grow in us and, and let that desire grow in us because it's, it's something that we stir up. You know, a lot of people, and, and this has become clear to me, a lot of people, you know, they, 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 uh, they want everything handed to them. They want, the, they want their path handed to them. They want what God is going to do handed to them. And they want all the blessings of God handed to them. But that isn't the way that it works. It just doesn't work that way. There is a degree that we are all blessed just according to God because God's goodness and his love. And I'm so thankful for that. Like I said, none of us would be here if it wasn't because God loves us so greatly, so intensely. Amen? Uh, there's lots of things we get to experience. I mean, uh, one of the wonderful things around here, we're in that season where I don't care if you like fall or not, you can't look at the color of the leaves and not think it's beautiful. And one of the things that I do when I, am, when I look at something that is just so unreasonably gorgeous, it's just like when I look at my wife. Amen. I see something so, just so unreasonably gorgeous, and I think, by God, why do I get to experience this? Amen. And, you know, the same thing goes with the, with, with the fall, and it's always a reminder to me of God's goodness and his love. Amen. It's a reminder of winter's coming, but it makes it a lot easier to come. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so, so I, I get excited, and I get stirred in this time, and I, I, I've learned to let God stir me. God's creation, God, the things that God does stir me. Do we let God stir us? You know, there's so much that's vying for our attention, isn't there? There's so much that's trying to rob from us and take from us and destroy us and, and make us look at life and give us reasons to complain and to hate and to just, just, to just throw in the towel. Do you ever feel like just throwing in the towel? But God has given us so many things that if we would just pay attention, we could grab onto and say, you know, this is a reason to rejoice. This is a reason to get excited. Amen. And so I'm pleading with you this morning on behalf of the Lord, and I believe that with all my heart, turn to him, look to him and start, and start letting those things, those, those pains, those, those things that are dragging you down, let them start fading away. Let them start going. And, and the way that you do that is by not allowing them to be so important in your life. Stop giving them prominence in your life. That thing that causes frustration, stop giving it a place in your life. How do you give it a place? Well, you give it a platform. You clear a place off, you know what I mean? Yeah. Praise the Lord. You know, sometimes when the counter's full, you come to the counter and it's full and you got a clear spot. I always hate when you go to a pizza restaurant and they have small tables. Why? Because you know, we never order one pizza and it's never small. There's always a couple pizzas at the table and you got drinks and you got napkins and you got silverware and you got all those things and you're always sitting at a table that just barely fits the people that you got with you, right? Yeah. Because nobody wants to sit you at a bigger table. If we want four people, can't sit at a six-person table because then they're losing business. Amen? But there's never enough room, and so you got a clear space. Amen? And so you do. When the pizza comes, because it's important enough to you, what do you do? You make room for the pizza. You're going to make sure you got the pizza, right? Because you want the pizza. Well, the same thing is with the trials and the troubles and the frustrations and the things that come against us. If we take our lives and we say, okay, this thing is here now, and now I'm going to clear a spot and give it place. And that's what we're doing, folks. But God has not intended us to do that. He said, you give that place to me. He's already cleared a place for your trials, your troubles, your tribulations, your oppositions. Glory. This is a lot better than your amen. I'm just telling you the truth. Amen. And it's not because I'm preaching it. It's just because it's coming out. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. But, and I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that. But I, I, I believe that I'm, I'm connecting to something here. Amen. And we got to jump on board with it. But, but stop clearing the place in your life for the trust. Stop giving it a place. You know, complaint gives it a place. Arguing gives it a place. Divisions, dissensions, and all these things that the Bible tells us not to partake of. Amen. 
You know, the heresies, the things that we, you know, when we get mad at somebody and then we give it a place and then we, somebody else comes and stirs us up and we give that a place and, and we just keep heaping up a big pile of garbage in one place. And God says, just clear that off. Amen. Because I want to feed you with something good. Praise the Lord. Well, that was all in plan. But uh, we're going to get into some good stuff. Return with me to Hebrews 11.6. Amen. This is our jumping off point. Praise the Lord. This is one of those life-changing scriptures for me. I love this scripture. Amen. I could never preach on it enough. I could never meditate on it enough. I'm just so thankful for it. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. This is the first thing that we understand. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. What is faith? It is absolute trust in God. And now we're not going to be teaching about faith or talking about faith so much, but we're going to be getting into some other things. Oh, I didn't even tell you what the name of the message is. The name of the message is God in your midst. Praise the Lord. That's today's message, God in our midst. And we're going to find out what that is and, and, and how to look at that. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible. It's impossible. We want to be pleasing to our Heavenly Father, right? Praise the Lord. I've noticed one thing. You know, my wife and I were watching a show, and there was these two people. There were two employees of the, in the same business. And we were watching the show, and, the, and these two employees were vying for the same position. They wanted the same position, right? Yeah. And so the, each one was trying to outdo the other with the boss, yeah. right? They were going to the boss and they were trying to like do up, one up the other person because they wanted the position. And I think in the end, the position went to the one that, who they had already had on their heart anyways. And, and that was, uh, and how do we know that? Because it was a, a show with many, many seasons and many, uh, many sh episodes. And uh, the, the person only last, the one person only lasted for like that one episode. <laughs> so you obviously know that they, they weren't planned to be there. Amen. But you know, uh, uh, so, so many times uh, we're, we're doing that with God. We're looking at God and we want place with him. We want, or we say we want place with him. We want to be in his presence. We want the things. I mean, if you pray to God, you obviously want something from God, yeah. right? Yeah. So what are you going to do if you want something from God? You want to be the one who's pleasing to him. Amen? Why? Because it's a lot easier to give something to you when, 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 when you're pleasing to the one who's giving. Conversely, and what we saw on the show, too, is it's a lot harder to deny someone who is pleasing. Now, not that God is denying us, but think about that for a minute. It's a lot harder, and you know this from your own life, your own life experiences. It's a lot harder to deny somebody who is being real pleasing to you. Right? Praise the Lord. I know how to make my wife smile at me. I get in line. Amen? I found in life that days go by much better if she's smiling <laughs> rather than if she's scowling, right? She's almost always smiling, but I can make you scowl, can't I? Amen? If there's anyone that can make this woman scowl, I'm telling you right now, it's, it's the one standing before you. I've actually, you know, I, I, I actually, ha I should get an award for the amount that I could possibly make her scowl. Now, she's not going around scowling at me all the time. But I've found in life it's a, it goes a lot easier if she's smiling. And so I want to be pleasing to her. Amen. The same thing is with our Heavenly Father. Let's be pleasing to him. How do we please him? With faith. We please God with faith. What is faith? The most basic of all faith is going to God and saying, Lord, I don't care what's going on in this world. I don't care what's happening in life. I don't care how I feel right now. I trust you. I'm going to tell you, folks, this is the number one way I overcome depression. This is the number one way that I overcome adversity. This is me. This is the way that I do it every time. Because I just give up. I tell people I have a ministry of giving up. I am so good at throwing in the towel. I am. I'll just be honest. Like, in my life, I, I, I just gave up on things all the time. And so I'm just really good at giving up. Yeah. Now I use it for righteousness. What does that mean? I just give up. I'm like, I keep trying. I keep trying to get ideas. I keep going at it. I keep trying to make it work. And it doesn't work. I keep getting into trouble. I keep finding myself in a mess, in a pickle. Glory to God. And then I just give up. I just give up. Or I just keep trying. I see all these things I got to do as a pastor, as a dad, as a, uh, as a husband, as a this, as a that. I, I see all these things that I have to do all the time. And I, I, I keep trying and I try and I fail. And so finally I just give up. I try to be a good person in the world. I want to conquer the world. I want to be the next person that, you, you know, the next, the, the next one that goes out there and wins millions of people to the Lord. And I go out and I start trying and I fail. Yeah. 
And so I give up. What I mean by that is this. I take all the pressure off myself and I throw it on him. I say, Lord, I trust you. I don't need me. I don't need my ability. You don't need yours. Amen. <clears throat> Pride resists faith. That just came to me, but it's truth. Pride resists faith. Pride that I could do this. Amen. God needs you to just give up sometimes. Amen. What did Pastor Jeff preach about today? He preached about giving up. Just give up. <clears throat> it's a good faith message, but it is. Amen. So it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, <clears throat> and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Amen. This is the focus of our scripture, believe it or not. He is a rewarder of those who seek him. Now, if you have some translations, it may say diligently seek him. The reason it says diligently seek him is because that word seek means to diligently seek. It means diligently, carefully, crave, to crave. Or even better, and I like this even best, to seek out for oneself. <clears throat> the Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good. You try it. You taste it. Right? It's your turn to try it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Taste, yeah, that's right. Taste good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? Seek out for yourself. See, you know, this is the thing we need to do. We need to stop. We should let other people's testimony stir us. My testimony, if I give, you know, the Bible tells me to lead by example. And so I'm giving you, I try to give you examples of how I've, how I've won, how I've lost, and then I won again, and God's brought it back around, how I've come so far, and then I seem to be set so far back, and then God brings me forward again, praise the Lord. Yeah. And why do I give that? That's get you stirred that maybe God tastes good. Yeah. Maybe this thing that we call Christianity fits good. Maybe it wears quite nicely. Maybe, may, maybe it's something that's filling. Maybe it's something that will fulfill. Because you notice the thing that you haven't felt in regular life, I'm talking about life without God, you haven't felt fulfilled. A lot of times people that leave the church, they leave because they start, stop, start losing that idea of being fulfillment. But the only reason they stop losing or they start losing that idea of fulfillment is because they step away from the faith aspect of it. They start embracing, they start filling their plate again with the garbage that they once filled it with. And as much as you fill that, just ask yourself how it feels. When it doesn't feel good, that means to throw it out. Yeah. When it doesn't taste good, I mean, if you were eating a hamburger and you bit into the hamburger, you're like, hmm, this meat tastes rotten. Oh. Right? I mean, literally rotten. It tastes nasty, right? I love seafood. The seafood's one of those things you really got to pay attention to, right? Because it can be a great blessing to you. I, I think seafood is probably some of the most healthy, or can be some of the most healthy food for you. It's for meat-wise, Amen. But it can also be some of the most disastrous, too. Amen? It can give you all kinds of different things. And, and, and so if you bit into, like, uh, uh, if you taste it, you know, and they have that, 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 that saying that fish, you know, if it tastes fishy, you know, overly fishy, it's not good. Amen? But you know that there's, there's a smell sometimes. I, oh, praise the Lord. I had, I'm not going to say that, amen, but I've had experiences, folks, but, but, but at any rate, uh, we, you know, we, 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 if you taste it, you bite into uh, your, your, your fish sandwich from McDonald's and you're just like, ooh, that's not good. Are you going to finish it? No. Well, stop eating the rest of the garbage in your life, too. Stop swallowing the rest of the garbage. If it don't feel good, throw it out. Amen? Just get rid of it because it ain't being a blessing to you. Praise God. God wants us blessed. He wants us feeling blessed, but that doesn't mean we won't go, we'll go without trial. But he wants us blessed in trial, amen? But it's diligently, carefully, and crave to, see, to crave to seek out for oneself. So this idea of seeking him, this is what he wants from us. But this, notice this, is what he rewards. It's this is what he rewards. This is what he rewards. Those who are, who are seeking out for themselves. They're not just content standing by and watching someone else get blessed. They want to know themselves. Yeah. Amen? You know, when you, when you hear me say things uh, like, oh, I spent time with the Lord this week, or I, I, you know, I, we come to church faithfully and stuff like that. When you hear me talk about stuff like that, that stuff shouldn't condemn you. Right. It should stir you. Yeah. There's a reason my wife and I serve God with our whole heart. It's because we've tasted, and it tastes pretty stinking good. 
It's good to follow God. There's a reason I pastor a church, and it isn't because I want to do. It's because it tastes good. It tastes good to follow God's plan for your life. It tastes good to do what he says to do. It tastes good to, to, to have the anointing of God on you. And every person sitting in here has the opportunity to have God's anointing on them. Every minute of the day. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. It isn't bad to follow God. But you know, this is what came to me this morning as I was putting this together, as this was coming to me. And when I say this morning, I mean early this morning. It was early. Early, early. It was even earlier than usual early. Amen? But I'm saying that because God was showing me so much in that time about just the, the peace and reflecting. Because there was peace. There was utter peace in, my, in, in, in the, the area I was at that time. There was no noise. It was just completely silent. And I was having this time before the Lord. And it doesn't mean that you have to do that, that you have to get up at a certain time in order for, for God to talk to you. That's not why I share those things. But what, I, what, I, what I've done is I've found this place yeah. where God wants to speak. Yeah. And if I've found that place, I want to go back to it. Amen? But see, most of us, we don't look for that place where God wants to speak to us. Do you know God? I mean, how awesome is it that God wants to speak to us? People think, well, well, why do you do this church thing? Because God talks to me. Yeah. Well, that's weird. Yeah, it may be weird, but man, does it taste good? Yeah. It tastes good when I have the, 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 the father of all creation look at me, take some time with me, and say, you know what? I want to share some things with you about your life. I want to help you along the path a little ways. He shows me the path of righteousness. He shows me the right way to go. Amen. I had this thing this week that I, I, I had planned and I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, 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 and so I put it before the Lord because I had this moment where I could put it before the Lord. I put it before him and I said, Lord, what about this? I said, should I go do this? And he said, yes. And I was like, oh, well, that brings up another question then. Should I continue on with it afterwards? And I can't explain all that it is right now, maybe someday down the road. But uh, I said, should I continue on? Because the continue on is, but see, here's the thing. I was afraid to ask. Yeah. Because, you know why? Because he had already answered me on one thing. I was afraid he might answer me on the other thing. And I don't know as I'm ready to know. And I felt the Lord smile on me. And this is exactly what I heard in my spirit. You'll know when you need to know. See, he saved me from being, he saved me even from the stress of myself. Glory to God. He's so good, yes, amen. You'll need when you need to know. You'll, or you'll know when you need to know. I like that. Why? There's no pressure in that. I can go, and I cannot know, and I can wait until I do know. But if I don't know, I don't have to do any more than I know to do. Amen. It's freedom. Amen. Praise. See, living for God is so stress-free because I know what to do. Can I give you an example? He blessed me. Amen. I had this pair of pants, suit pants, but I don't have a jacket to go with it. And I've been wearing, you know, more and more recent times. And I always look for deals when I get, when I get suits and suit pants and stuff like that. You know, I, 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 and it just, because I, I don't want to, I don't want to waste money at all. And so uh, there was a suit jacket that I had saw that would go great with these pants. And I thought, man, and I was looking at it a few weeks ago. And it was like, it was like, a, 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 it, was, it, it was on sale for $100. So that's pretty cheap for a suit jacket. Especially a suit jacket that was originally probably four or $500. But that's the way it was. It was on sale. And you watch for good deals. You can, you know, whatever. And I don't obsess over this. I'm not taking a lot of time. I'm not sure. But I, I was, as I was going to buy it, it was like, no, I just had to check about buying it. Yeah. Like, that's weird. $100 jacket, right? Well, after I had this experience with God and this time with him and freeing me and showing me how he wants to show me good things in my life, it's like I get this inspiration to go to back to the website. So I do that. The same jacket is now $29. But do you understand what I mean? Like it just took all, I had no issue buying it. Now I wouldn't have had an issue at 99, but it was much better at 29. Do you, do you see how God, like God will do things like that in our lives? He will bless us. He wants to lead us into blessing. That's just a little example of God's goodness, of how he, if we yield to him, but that's why when we're fighting him, when we're fighting this call, when we're fighting this thing, God's calling us to himself because he wants us to know him. Yeah. Amen? I'm so thankful I serve a God who wants to know me yeah. and wants me to know him. I'm so thankful for that. It's not just a God who's like, oh, you know, so, so many people, they go, that, that God, you know, those Christians are just deceived or whatever. I, man, I'll tell you what, if I'm deceived, I'm living a happier life deceived than I ever did 
being not deceived. I'm not deceived and you're not deceived. We're sitting here for a reason. There's a reason we come to the Lord and because it tastes good. Yeah. Amen? Praise God. But he rewards those who seek him. Those who continue with him. Those who stay in faith. He's not going to reward those who drop off. You know how many Christians I've watched drop off? I've watched Christians drop off and, they, and to stay spiritual, they, they'll, they'll even go to another church. But the reason they went to another church is so they could be less faithful where they were at. Less faithful to God, because ultimately that's what it's all about. There's nothing. Listen, I can give a rip what church you go to as long as you're where God has you to be, right? I mean, honestly, that's a, that's a dead set truth. But then you start seeing people and they start, oh, now they're living like the world, but we're still Christian. Now we're, 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 we're partying like the world, we're acting like the world, we're animals, we're, we're, we're divisive and we're doing all the nasty things that the world's doing. Right. <clears throat> and, that, and they'll try to pull you away too, amen? This stuff happens all the time. Yeah, and if the devil ain't doing it, your brothers and sisters in Christ sometimes are. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. <clears throat> Glory to God. God will keep us straight. He wants us, but we have to diligently seek him. You know, to diligently, to continue is not just to, to drop off and, and to, to, to get lackadaisical about it. And to, to make this clear, diligently seeking him is, does not mean that you showed up to church. Because you can show up to church faithfully and still not diligently seek God. Conversely, you can, you can diligently seek God even when you're not at church. And that's a wonderful thing. Amen. This is for us, is a blessing for us to come together and get some, get some balance, to get some help. That, that's what this is all about. You understand that. That's what this is. So people who don't want to come partake of this, all they're doing is just not getting help. And then they wonder why life is so tossed and turned and all this stuff. See, see that's the thing. You can't just, you got to be where God wants you to be if you want to be blessed. But you got to seek him. You seek him. You got to know where he wants you to be. It's not about where you want to be or what you want to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> you know, when we talk about things like righteousness around here, if we talk about things like things that we give up in life, sometimes the things that God calls us away from, you know, like, like I mentioned partying and stuff like that, why does God call us away from that stuff? He's calling us to righteousness. But you know, there's a reason that God calls us to righteousness. See, a lot of times people look at righteousness and like, oh, I've got to give up something I like. Well, yeah, because the thing that you like was in the world and it doesn't really bless you. Ask somebody, ask somebody who's gotten cancer because they've partied too much in their life. I could name, I could name gobs of them. Yeah. Not one of them is laying on a cancer bed, especially dying, sitting there going, man, I'm sure glad that uh, you know, I smoked all that pot, or I'm sure glad that I drank all that alcohol, or I'm sure, sure glad that I smoked those cigarettes or did whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. Glory to God. There's nobody with emphysema that's sitting there thinking, oh, man, I am so happy that I, that I did what I wanted to do. I remember my uncle on, on, on his deathbed saying to me, looking to me as a teenager, I remember this, looked at me as a teenager, and he said, don't ever smoke a cigarette in your life. Of course, I was already smoking at the time. What did he know? Well, he was suffering from it. And that's one of the reasons that he, that, you know, this, this man who wasn't much, how old was he? Well, how old? 53. Not much more older than I am. And couldn't even breathe on his own. See, God doesn't lead us away from stuff because it, he doesn't want us to be blessed. He leads us away from it because he wants us righteous. But see, righteousness is much more than just not doing right or wrong. Righteousness is about getting in God's presence, which is what he wants you to do. God leads us to blessing to righteousness because blessing is attached to righteousness. God's goodness is attached to his presence. Sin in our lives takes us away and keeps us away from God. Yeah. That's, what, that's the reason why he says stop. Like what, what drug addict have you ever looked at and thought, man, that, good job in life. This is what I want my children to follow. No, we have a drug ep epidemic. Why? Because they just make it more and more easy. Yeah. Uh, now no, New York State, we want to open, you know, you know, we want to open, uh, we'll let people do whatever. No, we're going to let drug addicts hang out wherever they want and do whatever they want. We're even getting, we're going to give them needles. We're going to give them all this stuff. Why? Because we want to keep them safe. You're not keeping them safe. You're sending them to hell. Yeah. You're sending them to, to their death. But see, all the, party, all the party mentality, it's like people look at people who are drug addicts all the time. I have seen this. I don't, uh, well, no, I'm on this. Why am I on this? 
Praise the Lord. I've seen this, I can't tell you how many times. People are talking about, oh, those drug, those heroin addicts, or those meth addicts, or this or that. And yet they, 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 they spend every weekend at the bars or tipping them back in their house or whatever. It's the same thing. It's the same garbage. Why do you think God calls you away from that? Because he doesn't want you to have fun? No, because he doesn't want the death in your life that is inevitably coming because you're living like a fool. You're living like the world. Amen? See, that's the thing. Like these kids, they, you know, all these kids, they, we want to give kids every opportunity to do everything they want to do. Yet everything that I ever chose when I was a teenager was absolutely and utterly stupid. Dumb. It was ridiculous. And, you know, we were like, yeah, kids make the decision. Oh, yeah, because that will work great. And now we have generations of kids who made a lot of decisions. Well, praise the Lord. I preach my notes closed. Hallelujah. But God is calling us to righteousness. Right standing is what righteousness is. He's not calling, it to, uh, calling us to it for any other reason than it brings us to him. God wants us to come to you, do you know, to live righteous. We want God's blessing in our life. Why isn't it happening? Well, are you seeking him? Well, I'm still living the way I always did. Or I'm going back to live the way that I always did. Listen, Christian, did you give up things and now you're returning to it? Do you know what that is? That you're going backwards. And then you wonder why you're not happy. You wonder why you're not blessed. You're bringing it on yourself. God is calling us to love. Love him. Come get in his presence. Spend some time with me, he says to us. All the time. And yet people are trying to find ways to justify their sin. Well, pastor said this, but he shouldn't have said that. He should have done this. Do you know the only reason I stand in this pulpit is because I love and care for every single person that will ever walk through these doors? I don't stand in this pulpit because it's enjoyable. I said this last week. You, 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 you give people the word, they get mad at you. You try to help people, they come back and bite you. You do good by people, and what do they do? They come and hit you, or they go around spreading things about you. I got people in this town that still talk garbage about me, and all I've ever done was help them. Right. Why is that? Because people always return to vomit unless they follow God. That's exactly what it is, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm just going to tell you, I'm, 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 not, I'm not hiding behind anything. Listen, whatever is righteous is going to be attacked. Whatever is, whatever is doing right is going to be attacked. So don't think it odd that it's being attacked in your life. But God calls us to righteousness, right standing, to be in the right place, to hear. Do you know why we need shepherds? Because we don't naturally do the things that are right before God. And so God has to put us in the place of being around a shepherd so they can guide us and help us get back into the right place. So you can have the truth preached to you, but not everybody who stands as a pastor is a pastor at all. How do we know if they're a pastor at all? Well, are, they, are they really helping people or are, they giving them, or are they giving them reason for their vice? Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, that's not my message. But he's calling us to... Re How do we become righteous? How do we become righteous? How, how do we make it right? Just by, just by uh, 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 you know, by stopping sinning? No, because you probably aren't going to be able to just stop sinning just because you want to. Do you know how you get righteous? You start desiring God. Yeah. When you desire God and you see that there's things in your life that will keep you from getting to closeness with him, yeah. you will toss those things out because you don't want them anymore. Because it's, it's not worth not getting to him. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Do you know how much stuff I gave up to get this woman? She was not free. She did not have her sign on it that says, open for business. That sounds bad. But do you understand what I'm saying? She didn't have, you know, she didn't have a, a, a neon sign that said, pick me, pick me, pick me, I'm ready. That's not what it was. No, I, 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 had, I had to give up to go up, folks. That's exactly what it was. Now, you don't be twisting my words just because you know me. Amen? <laughs> but I, I had to, in order, in order to, like, I knew, like, one of the things, and the Holy Spirit helped me. In fact, I had to ask pastor at one time, my pastor. I said, but my pastor, I was like, why in God, why in God, I was, I was a backslidden sinner when I met my wife. Why would God do He said, Cause, maybe because he knew what you would do in your future. He blessed you. In your, and I said, well, praise God, I'll accept it, because that's the only answer I got. I could have no other reason why God opened the doors that he did. But one of the things that he was like, 
like one, one of the first things, one of the first things that the Lord dealt that the, she ain't going to like somebody who does drugs. They went just like that. I mean, I couldn't get away from it. I couldn't stop it. But I was like, oh, in that case, see, because I wanted something. Now, I didn't know I was being Holy Ghost bamboozled. Neither did she. Uh, yeah, Holy Ghost bamboozled. The Holy Ghost will make you, he'll just kind of cover things over, gloss things over a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't work like that. But I always say, I always joke around, she was Holy Ghost bamboo. Because, like, I, I did good. I mean, I, I spent, like, I cleaned my apartment three times before she came over to the first time, and I thought I did good. Yeah. She was still gross. Oh, she was grossed out by She's like, this. I don't know about this place. But you understand. Let's see. But it's the same thing with God. When we're looking at God, we want God. We want God to answer our prayers. We want God in our life. We want God feelings. We want peace. We want, but we reject him. We, 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 we don't give up the things because it's not important enough to us. We haven't desired him so greatly. Am I still in the first scripture? I'm still in the first scripture. Praise God. Hallelujah. We have to desire him. That's what righteousness is. It's like, I really want God in my life. But see, here's the other thing, and I'm just going to tell you, because we're going to tell you all the truth. Yeah. At least all the truth that we know, right? But I'm not going to hold it back, right? I'm not going to hold it back because some of you might not like it and leave. But I love you anyway, so I'm going to tell you the truth, because that's what love does. Love only tells the truth, right? Praise the Lord. What was I going to tell you? Amen. I was going to come. What was I saying? You have to, de yeah, we have to desire God. We, we have to be, we have to be willing. Oh, he'll come back to me. Praise the Lord. If not now, in the next life. Amen. <laughs> Hebrews 12, 14. Hallelujah. We are going to tell you the truth. Yeah, absolutely, he'll give it to me. Amen. You're in Hebrews 11. Just flip over a page and you're in Hebrews 12. And you'll be right where we need to go. Hebrews 12, 14. We're not afraid of revealing the things that cause you to stumble in life. But, on the other hand, you have to be willing to recognize that and say, you know, I understand that. Not just be mad because it's something. Listen, if you sit there and you're mad because I preach on something that you're doing and you're just like, oh, I, you know, whatever. Get over yourself. I mean, seriously. Like, like we have to stop being babies about everything. If you're going to get mad about every single thing that gets said when it's just truth trying to help your life, well, then you don't want help. Go leave, because all you're doing is causing us a bunch of problems. I'm just telling you the truth. I'll be probably regret that later. No, I won't. Praise the Lord, because I follow the Lord. Amen? Well, my pastor said to me, I got to meet with my pastor this week, and I shared some things with him, and he's like, oh, they're there. No, not really, but he's like, you know what? He was like, somebody preached. You just, the pastor's job is to drive that bus. People get on, people get off, but you just keep driving that bus. You don't worry about the people get on and off. And honestly, I've learned that over the years. People come in, they're super excited, don't ever see them again. People come in, they get super excited for a while, they'll even go around telling, talking, singing your praises. I don't do one thing differently. Like, I, I'm not doing anything really differently. I'm still preaching the word. That's all we've done since we, the, the best that we've known how. Glory to God, that's what we do. I don't attack people. Amen. I'm not trying to tear people down. I'm not trying to make your life worse. Glory to God. Amen. This is the heart of a pastor, like honestly, because God gave us his heart, right? To share with the people, to keep running. Why, why do we stir these things? Because God loves people. The work that we're going to do, why do we need to be together? Because God is going to do a work through us. Why do we need to pool our resources at times? Why do we do? Because none of us are going to do it on our own. But we're all parts of the body. Amen. Look what it says here, Hebrews 12, 14. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. So our job is to pursue peace with all men. There's nothing that's excluded in all. As much as it's up to us, live in peace. That's what we're going to do. We're going to live in peace. You can bite me, but I'm going to live in peace. Amen? Do you know even the worst of the worst, the people that have, have trashed me the worst, have come against me the worst, if they walked in here today and asked for my help, I'd give it to them. Yeah. Why? Because I love people. 
And that's what God has called us to, right? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. I might say I told you so. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. Wouldn't do that. I've never done that. Huh? She might say that, yeah. Uh, yeah, she would, she would definitely say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that boldness. So just, I'm just going to warn you. She's walking in a new level of boldness. I'm just telling you. Amen. It's a gifting of God. It's scary as all get out, but it's a gift. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. You know, of course, a lot of people, you know, when you look at the scripture, you think, okay, without which no one will see the Lord, they think, well, well, you know, that means they won't go to heaven, but that's not necessarily what it means. You, this idea of seeing the Lord, God wants to work and be active in your life. Without peace, if you're not living in peace, this is why you have to get in peace. You know why my wife and I have a good relationship? I know I've talked about it a lot, but you know why we do have a good relationship? Because we both pursue peace. Yeah. And we're not willing to go without it. It's hard. It is hard sometimes. You put two people that weren't naturally uh, like on the same page about everything, and then you make them of different you know, persuasions, female to male, and you put them together, and then all of a sudden you've got a whole lot of different differences. Amen? There's a lot of opportunity for lack of peace, as many of you know. But why do we pursue it? We pursue peace, like pursuing it, like a dog on the line. We're after it. You ain't getting our scent off the trail. We're, we are... Our, yeah, whatever it is. We're, we're, we're after it. We're going after it with everything that we have. Why? Because we want to see God work in our lives. That's what we want. Do you, you know why? Have you ever seen me? I know you have. At least most of you have. Have you ever had a time where we'd come here on Sunday morning and I have to get up and repent in front of the church because I was, you know, I had a disagreement with my wife or something a few minutes before? I mean, that's happened. It hasn't happened, I don't think, in a while, but it's because I tried to get it right before. Amen. Why? Because I can't enter into this place of, of, of being able to hear from God and to know what God wants me to do if I'm in peace with one of his children, or if I'm not in peace with one of his children. Glory to God. Well, this is just the truth, right? So this is why we pursue peace, because we're, how are we going to hear from God? Listen, hearing from God is much more important to me than strife with my wife, than strife with you. Glory to God. It's much more important to me. Now, sometimes you can't have peace because somebody won't allow it. But as much as it's up to you, have it. Amen? And the sanctification, that's the cleansing, the being made righteous. Again, being allowed. It, it, it's okay as an adult. adult I'm just going to say it. Adults are such babies. I'm just telling you the truth. We, we all are. And I include me in that. But I want that. I want that. Yeah, we're needy. We want that. We're all included in that. Amen? Nobody's excluded. Praise the Lord. It's okay to hear no, even when you're an adult, even when you're 46 years old, even, I mean, there's older people than me in here, praise the Lord, even when you're whatever age you are, it's okay to be told no, yeah, yeah, golden years, right, are we golden, is that what we're saying, what were we saying, I'm not saying old anymore, I ain't allowed to say that, amen, that's right, praise the older generation, amen. Golden generation. What, don't get me in trouble. You said... Uh. Aaron's looking at me ready to pounce. She's going to like... She's going she's, she's to get after me. She's like, you say it right or I'm going to get... <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. See to it that no one comes short of this, of the grace of God. The grace of God. We want the grace of God. We should make it a cheer. That was almost a cheer. I could cheer, but I'm not going to. Amen? We want the grace of God active in our lives. What is the grace of God? His ability, which we don't have. How many times? When you pray, when you ask for something, when you are in dire straits, you're like, okay, I'm not talking about the band. I'm talking about trouble. Amen? When you're in dire straits, when you're in trouble, and you, when, you, when you're doing the walk of life, and you are looking for money for nothing. Come on, guys. Somebody, somebody follow me here. 80s? 80s? Dire straits. Yeah, that's dire straits. When you're in a heap of trouble, when you got all kinds of things raging against your life, you pray, right? Or you come to somebody who you think is more righteous than you and you have them pray, right? But why do you want prayer? Because you want an answer. You want help, right? What is the help? It's grace. That's what God's help is. It's grace. That's what salvation is. It's grace. That's when you don't have something. It's grace. When you need something, you need grace. 
Why? Because you have a need, and grace covers all needs. God's grace does. Amen? See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. So in order to come short of the grace of God, how do you, well, you go back to the peace thing and the sanctification thing? If we're living like the devil, we block the doors for God's grace. He's not withholding it. We block the doors. We say, nope, I don't want it. That's why I let go of sin. That's why when I know I'm in sin, I try to get it right. That's why we repent. That's why we do things like that. It isn't because we're, we're just making God mad. We have to get over that. We need to be right because rightness puts us next to him. Why? Because he's rightness. He is the, the, the ness and the right. He is, he, is a, he's a, he is the embodiment of right. Right doesn't dwell with wrong. And so in a Christian, wrong shouldn't dwell in you or she shouldn't be prominent in your life. It needs to be getting righted out. Get to get right out. Go right out. Praise the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. Bitterness causes trouble. Do I need to explain what bitterness is or do we all have a firm grip on that? Right? We know what's bitter. You know, that's bitter. Sourness is bitter. Amen. That's all, the, all these things. Bitterness springing up causes trouble. It's, listen. It's not your pastor that's causing the problems in your life. It's not your brother or sister in Christ that's causing problems in your life. It's you. It's you. It's you. I can point to every one of you and back at myself. You can point back to me. What causes trouble in our life? See, what, what happens with me is I've learned this, and this is a good thing. This will help you. When I realize that I'm causing trouble in my life, I'm like, all right, got to get that fixed. I don't, put, I don't try to look. See, this is the whole... <clears throat> that whole generation, our kids, I'm sorry, our kids, I'm sorry for your generation. Because you're all being taught that it all revolves around you. You're getting taught that, that you're all victims. But a lot of adults are living as victims. Stop living as victims. You're not a victim if you're in Christ. Why? Because God won't keep you there if you don't stay there. If you stay there, it's your fault. It's your, listen, if you stay where you are, it's your own fault because God has given you a way out. If he could do it in me, please believe me, he can do it in you. If he, can if he could fix it, if he could break through to me. You know why he broke through to me? To prove that it wasn't impossible for you. Yeah, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not afraid to admit it. Yeah, I was terrible at life. I was terrible at life. I mean, I might have tried, but even my trying was terrible. You're not a victim. Break through it. Be the child of God that God has called you to be. Amen? Amen? Bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it, many become defiled. They become icky, yeah. dirty. Yeah. New York State, I just saw this in the news, New York State has two of the most polluted lakes even in the world. Fortunately, it's not Chautauqua. I looked just to make sure, but it wasn't Chautauqua. <laughs> Although some might, might argue that, but it wasn't. But they're not too far from us. They're within the... The, no, it's not Lake Erie either, but they're, they're within uh, the Finger Lakes region and the, the Syracuse area. Yeah, yeah. Two of the most polluted lakes in the world. They're, they're, you know, but what is that? That's defilement. What do they say about polluted lakes? Don't swim in it. Don't eat anything that gets caught in it. Don't you dare drink it. So you can't even swim in it, right? But see, this is what a lot of Christians are doing. They're allowing this defilement to come in because they're embracing the world. Well, I want to be as miserable as they are. That's what, really, that's essentially what you're saying. When you build that platform for your garbage and for other people's garbage, this is what you, you know, I, I got real easy marriage counseling. I got marriage counseling down to an absolute science. Oh, you, are you ready for it? Oh, I can have any marriage counseling session in about five minutes. If you sit before me in marriage counseling, one thing you are not going to do anymore, this will not happen, I'm going to have my boldness, my boldness uh, expert with me to make sure that this doesn't happen. I'm not going to sit there and listen for an hour why the other person is terrible. I'm not going to do it because it doesn't matter to me. You know why it doesn't matter to me? Because it ain't true. You know what happens? If two people will do the word, no problems. It's that simple. So I'll point them to the word and what the word says for a husband, what, a word, what the word says to a wife. Just go to Ephesians and you find it right there. Amen? Tells us exactly what to do, exactly how to look at it, exactly how to be. 
You don't want marriage troubles, you'd be like this. But one of the things, and I talked to my pastor because he's found the same thing. One of the same things, the same problems he has. Marriage problems are the same across the board. It is two people who will not do the word of God. If you do the word, if you put it to practice in your life, you will have a good marriage. If you don't, you won't. You yield to one another, and that's the first and foremost thing that the Bible directs a husband and wife to do. You yield to one another. You submit to one another. You do that, you'll have a great marriage. It's that simple. That simple. Some people go, I don't want to do that. Then you're going to have a bad marriage. Maybe end up in divorce. Maybe just be miserable your whole life. But it's up to you. It's, it's, it is that simple. Say, is it really that simple? We proved it. I mean, we've proven it out, have we not? Is it because I'm perfect? Is it because you're perfect? I let her answer both of them, so I don't get in trouble for either. See, because I don't care. She can answer, and I don't care. I got that advice from Doug. Doug told me, he's like, listen... Like, Pastor Jeff, you just got to, this is how you got to do it. Yeah. No, he's always like, this is how you got to do it. You want to get help? You just, you just, you let her answer. Amen? Praise the Lord. See to it, no one comes short of this grace of God. That no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. Verse 16. That there be no immoral moral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright, for a single, by the way, that whole thing about the marriage is you're like, well, maybe I'm not even married. So that doesn't apply to me. Sure it does. Because you got somebody in here probably you don't like. Yeah. If you got somebody in here you don't like, that's even more trouble. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says if you don't love them, you don't love God. Right. And you know what love does? Completely yields to them. Right. All right, you, you walk on me if you want. Yeah. I'm just telling you the truth. Now, you know, there's balance to that. Amen. Praise the Lord. You, we're not going to let people abuse people and stuff like that. But if they even have a hint of sorry in them, you have to, be, you have, to have a whole lot of grace and love towards them. Mercy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It'll help us. God loves us. Amen. Uh, that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears. Now, it's interesting that the Bible, the writer of Hebrews, uses this and brings this, this account out, um, in, in, uh, this idea of Esau. I'm going to explain it real quick, in case you don't know. Esau was in, to inherit the birthright, the God-given birthright for that family. He was to inherit it. But he sold it to his brother because he was hungry. What does that mean? For a bowl of soup, because he, he was hungry, he wanted some of uh, yeah, Jacob's soup, right? Or food or whatever. And he said to him, he's like, give me some of that. He said, give me your birthright, I'll give you some soup. And Esau said, whatever, I'll give you my birthright. I just want to eat, right? What is it that was the problem with that? The problem was with it was this, is that what God had for him, he lightly esteemed. That's what it was. He said, what, what you have created, what you've given me, what you have, uh, is my destiny, so to speak, what you've put before me, I lightly esteem it. And so he gave it up. And so the Bible's telling us in connecting this with, with, with how we seek God. It's, it's this whole idea that, like, are, are, we going to, are we going to reject God, what he has for us, just because we want our own way? Because we'll, there will be a time when we come back with repentance would be like seeking it diligently with tears. And he was like, I'm sorry, I gave it to somebody else. And they're being faithful with it. And what you wanted, and it doesn't mean God will cast you off into outer darkness and that you're, you're worthless or anything like that. But sometimes the decisions that we make in life have consequences. Oh boy, our children need to hear this. Sometimes the decisions we make in life have consequences. Praise the Lord. It says, For you not, have not come to a mountain that can be touched, and to a blazing fire, and to darkness and gloom and a whirlwind, and to the blast of the trumpet and the sound of words, which sound was so, such that those who begged that no further word be spoken to them. You, this, is all, this is all telling us about the Israelites and the way that they lived. They didn't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. They didn't have God waiting on their doorstep going, I want to talk to you. Every morning saying, hey, I, 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 wanna, I, wanna, I just want to fellowship with you. I want to bless you today with my presence. Because he knows this. But we are created to be blessed by the presence of God. 
Do you know that? Without the presence of God, we can't really, uh, we can't really experience blessing. But with his presence, we can experience all. And God's saying, I want to deliver this to you. Like, th these people didn't even have that. They couldn't even come to the mountain. They say, if they, do you understand that the mountain of God, the mountain where God dwelt in that, in that time period, if an animal so much as touched that, it had to be killed. That, that's how holy the presence of God is. And we, we walk around as modern-day Christians thinking, well, well, I do whatever I want, and, and God will have to bless me. That, that's being Esau. That's like, he's like, I've given you this greater thing. I've given you my presence on the inside of you, and you're going to defile it? You're going to muck it up with all your garbage and all your nastiness and all the, the stuff of the world? You're going you're gonna to be chasing after that? I'm just telling you, it's a dangerous place to be. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sold his birthright for a single meal. You know uh, that afterwards he desired to inherit the blessing. He was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears. <clears throat> for you have not come to a mountain. Oh, I started reading all that. I'm going to skip down. For they could not bear the command. That's verse 20. They could not bear the command. If even a beast touches the mountain, it will be stoned. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. But you have come to a Mount Zion and to a city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to, a myriad, and to myriads of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of righteousness made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator, mediator not mediator, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkling of blood which speaks better than the blood of Abel. Amen. Jesus gave us a new way to God, a refreshing way to God. This one that wasn't won by works, but by being in his presence. Amen. Glory to God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. No time left, of course. I, but I want to get here. Um, where do I want to get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn with me to Luke 17. We're getting real close to the end. You almost made it through. You know what we do in the... <clears throat> when I... Uh, I was tiling my shower. Worst, worst thing I ever did in my life. <laughs> if I ever have to tile a shower again, I'm hiring somebody. If I can't afford it, I'm going to find a way. <laughs> but when I was tiling the shower, and the reason was is because I don't know if it was the tiles I was using. I don't know what it was. But as I had a nice saw. Somebody lent me the saw and everything, and I was doing it, and it's just like it was just painful to do it. They were just <clears throat> they're breaking every time they break. Every time they break, I jump about 10 miles into the air. And every time I jump 10 miles into the air, I get like the hair on my back would just like stand up, you know, and I'd just be like all cringy. And so then I'd come at the saw scared because I was like waiting for it to break and shatter and throw shards of tile all over the place and probably kill me. You know, you, know, you think all kinds of things. <laughs> but it was awful. But when I was coming to that place, the, you know, the, the last few tiles, man, I was counting down. I was like, one more tile. And don't you know, like the last tile I had to cut like four times just because it kept breaking in the wrong place and stuff. And, but at any rate, <clears throat> praise the Lord. We're coming to the end, so just count them down. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> Luke 17, verse 20. I have to turn there too. Luke 17, verse 20. <clears throat> Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to whether the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Now, some older versions, uh, uh, other versions of the Bible will say within. But that's not exactly right. Actually, it's not really right at all. The, 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 I mean, this is pretty much agreed, I think, universally, except for maybe a few. Uh, but uh, in our midst is more what he was talking about. Actually, what Jesus was, was declaring to the, the Pharisees was that the, the kingdom of God was present with Jesus. Yeah. That's really what he was doing. The kingdom of God is with you right now. See, they, they were looking for the kingdom of God. They couldn't see it, and so they rejected it. And so we understand that that's why that it ended up coming to all of us. And we're so thankful for it. Now, there is a truth that where Jesus is, the kingdom of God is. So if Jesus is in you, well, then the kingdom of God is in you. But 
let's not puff ourselves up so much to think that we're the kingdom of God specifically, but the kingdom of God is in our midst. It's in our presence. It's something that we can reach out and touch. Amen. It's something that we can get to. But that's what this whole message is about, is that God wants us to experience the kingdom of God. He wants us to live and walk in that kingdom of God. And that comes only by the righteousness that it's called to him. But we have to get our thinking right. You know, I, I've said this so many times, and, and we've brought the scripture up, especially this year, so many times, Romans 12, 2, that, the, you know, you know the, 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 to be transformed, not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Renew, we have to renew our mind to think right. Yeah. We have to allow it to think the way that God wants us to think. Yeah. Because if we don't, we can't see his blessing. We can't see his truth. It is only from that place of, of receiving God's, uh, what God wants to do in our midst. But see, when we're, when we're, when we're fighting it, when we're fighting this, uh, you know, this, this uh, we're fighting his very presence when we're, in, when we're fighting his ways. You know, you know, repent doesn't mean to just say, I'm sorry. We have to understand this. But repentance is part of a Christian life. Yeah. I said repentance is part of a Christian's life. Yeah. There are some people out there that teach that, you know, Christians don't need to repent. That is absolutely, utterly untrue. That is absolutely, utterly untrue. That's how Christians will live a life that is never blessed. <clears throat> Amen? Yeah. Repentance is part of a Christian's life. But repentance can't happen unless you're willing to recognize there's a need for repentance. We need to look at our lives with the idea, through eyes, of the need for repentance. Yeah. Repentance means to change. It means that you're not perfect, you need to change. You know what happens so when, when, so, when so many people, you know, if you haven't learned this yet, we have just, uh, you know, this body of believers that isn't overly huge compared to some. But even in the size that this is, I mean, I'm very blessed by the size of this congregation, but, but, um, but even with the size of this congregation, have you noticed that there's differences in opinions? That there's differences in ideas of how things should be? So let me ask you something. If you have an opinion that you stick to strongly or an idea in your head that you think is the way it should be, what right do you have to enforce that over the life of somebody else? What, what life right do you have to, to, to impart that into somebody, your opinion into somebody else's, uh, into somebody else's life? You, you understand? And see, we, we, we have this idea that for some reason the thing I think you should do is better than what you think. Or you think that, you know, vice versa. Amen? You know, we don't, we don't do this church, we don't do anything in this church, or we attempt not to do this by opinions of man. That doesn't mean they never sneak in there. But we try to do our best to follow God in everything that we do. And when you are in your life, that's what you need to be doing too, is and, and be willing to have that place where, you know what, I, I can repent. In other words, I can, I can say, you know what, maybe I didn't have it all figured out. Because I've also found as a pastor now and seeing different scenarios, things that I thought before were one-sided, I've seen now aren't. That's how I came to the whole conclusion about how to fix marital problems. Because when I look at marital problems, it's super simple. It's super simple. It always is. Problems between you and I. Listen, but if we have issue together uh, against one another, it's real simple. We can go to the Word and we can fix any issue. We can fix it quickly. You know, some people say, well, you shouldn't, you should. No, don't, don't, what, the word, what does the Word say? And if the word, if the word says that I'm wrong, I'll be wrong. And if the Word says you're wrong, you need to be wrong. Amen? Praise the Lord. Or at some point, we need to be like, was it uh, uh, Paul and, who split? Paul and Silas. Huh? Barnabas. Barnabas. Yes, Paul and Barnabas. Went in different directions, right? We need to agree to disagree and just be okay with that. And I don't mean just necessarily go in different, but we can go in different directions and still stay connected. You know what I mean? Praise the Lord. There's things with my leadership I don't always agree with, but I, I, can, I can know enough that God has me planted somewhere that I'm not going to allow uh, futile things to, to separate that. I don't just make a decision, cut ties, leave, and that's it, you know. Uh, why, why is that? Because God reminds me of where he's planted me and why. And the reason he's planted me and where he's planted me has nothing to do with, with their perfection or mine. Nothing to do with it. And, and it has nothing to do with your perfection or mine. Amen. 
What God is doing in our midst has nothing to do with us at all in the fact, other than the fact that we just get to partake of it. And, and the partaking of it is really, when God calls us to do something together, it's really a more of a blessing for us individually than we realize. We think, oh, this is such great work, and this is all this stuff I have to do, but it's like, then God blesses you, and it's like, well, that became because you were faithful. That came because, because, I, I, because you followed me. And God showed me that, that is, as we follow him, he will lead us into blessing. Praise the Lord. Maybe you're sitting there saying, well, I don't see any blessing in my life. Well, maybe you need to talk to somebody then about it. Well, you can sit and keep trying to figure it out yourself, but maybe you need to, maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to come to someone and say, hey, listen, I, I don't know why, but I'm not seeing something in this. I'm not blessed, or I'm not seeing the direction that I should be seeing. If that's the case, maybe you need to break down the pride and come out and say, hey, listen, I need help getting there. I'll tell you what, I didn't get there without help, and I won't get further without help. Praise the Lord. That's the way it is. That's the way it is for everybody. You think you're going to do it on your own? Well, I'll pat you on the back and see you go because that's, that's exactly what's going to happen. Amen? That's what Esau did. He figured he was going to do it on his own. He could do it his own way. And he found out later that he couldn't. Amen? Praise the Lord. Yep. And I'm going to close with 2 Corinthians 5.20. I'll just pull it up and write it down because this is, I have to close with this because this is where I got the name of the message. Well, at least part of it. No, this is where they got the first thought that I gave you in the message. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's my job. I'm an ambassador for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg on you, uh, beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Make it right with God. If you need help, we're here to help. We're here for you. Let's get you the help and get you moved on into that thing. But I'm just going to tell you, it won't come without work. So as we're willing to reconcile with God, we'll see the blessings in our life. You know what God was showing me this morning? I'll close with this. I'll close with that scripture and I'll close with this, this saying. God was showing me this morning, you know, he, it, 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 it was his endeavor all along that through the church, his church, that he would show the blessings of God in a, even a fallen world. And so even as things get darker, the church should be brighter. And what I mean by brighter is living a better life. We should have the life that isn't full of frustrations and trials. If we're, if we're constantly showing the world our frustrations and trials, what we're doing is we're showing the world the way of the world. We're showing them what they already have. We're not showing them God. That isn't on God. That's on you. It's not on God. It's on you. We have to determine. I'm going to show, be an example of what God wants to do on this earth, and I'm going to show it to the world. Amen?